I want to tell you something that you may not know, but really is something you may have forgotten. Uh, that is that 12-year-old boys uh, already know everything. Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Uh, it's true. I try to tell them something and, and they'll say, oh, I already know that. Uh, but the best proof that 12-year-old lads uh, know exactly everything it was when I saw a young 12-year-old in one of the Wednesday night classrooms and his head was in his hands and he looked dejected. And I said, what's wrong? And he looked at me and said, it's my sister. I said, what about her? He said, well, she knows everything. How old is she, I asked. Six, he said. So that right there is proof that a 12-year-old boy knows it all when he recognizes that his six-year-old sister already knows everything. Um, when I was 12 years old, I, I really thought I could conquer anything and impress anyone. I had that 12-year-old swagger, I guess. I made it my goal to be good enough to please parents and friends and teachers and even my Sunday school teachers. Um, our parents made, a, made it a point of making sure that us three boys went to church and they took us and, and were, and were uh, a part of, that was part of our lives. I was good enough that I had just about everybody fooled there at church. Uh, but I did not impress my two younger brothers. They knew that sometimes I could be mean and selfish. And I had learned enough about God in church to know that I did not have him fooled. And of course, I wasn't really fooling myself. I knew that something was missing. Something was out of place in my life. I was aware that God knew my heart and there wasn't much good in there. But I rolled along, getting by, uh, hoping that my efforts were good enough to impress even God. I did okay in school and had friends, so I figured I might could manage to ignore it when that voice inside me would whisper that I could never really be good enough. It took me a while to realize that, that God was not telling me that I had to be a better person, but rather he was telling me that I was never meant to be good enough. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow for a 12-year-old boy who wanted to prove himself. I was in the youth group at church. Our family doctor, Dr. James, was the youth leader. And every week, he would give to each of us a folded-up piece of paper with two or three Bible verses on it. He would look over his glasses at me, just as he did for each of us boys in the class, and he'd write something down on the pad. Then he would tear it off, fold it, write my name on it, and hand it to me and say, you look up these verses at home and write them down. They are just for you. 
And of course, being curious boys, we would compare them after class. And, you know, they, they were each different, like custom spiritual prescriptions from the doctor. We knew that he cared about us, and he prayed for us by name. Somehow those special verses did speak to my heart, like God was carrying on a conversation with me. Uh, one week when I was feeling pretty low, pretty guilty before God, Dr. James gave me my three verses in church. Uh, uh, the first one was, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8, 1. And I read that and I thought, really? No, no condemnation. That means God is willing to forgive me in spite of the way I try to play games with him. Well, I looked at the second verse and I, I looked it up. It says, um, uh, it was Ephesians 2.8. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. A gift. A gift. So it has nothing to do with how good I was trying to convince people I was. Uh, can, can that be right, I wondered. These verses were going straight to my 12-year-old heart at the time. And so I looked at the third verse. And the third verse was one we all already knew. It was John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So that, that was it. When I believe in Jesus, uh, I receive God's forgiveness and his acceptance as a gift. Well, you could have seen the light bulb uh, coming on in me. Um, the next week at church was vacation Bible school. And I could hardly wait for the invitation to come on, on Friday. The preacher said, Jesus loves, to you, loves you, come to him now. Well, I jumped up like I thought it was a limited time offer and time was running out. I went forward and I trusted Jesus to give me acceptance with God. Instantly, any hesitation and unrest left my soul. There was immediate peace, like every question I had ever had just got answered. That peace and the presence of Jesus himself has never left me. I knew that I was welcomed by God and Jesus had made it possible by taking the punishment for my sins. And since then, I've, I've never wondered again if I'm good enough because I learned that I am loved enough and a million times over. Now, my confidence is centered in Jesus Christ. His presence is my peace. Serving him and loving others is my grateful response to his great love. Jesus proved the love of God. When I received him, I received a new life. And that has made all the difference. Now, do you, do you know what I just did? Of course you do. 
I, I just shared my testimony with you. Uh, that's my story. And we all have a story. You have a story. Even if you uh, just can't memorize scriptures or, or an outline or anything like that, you can tell your story. You have that story to tell. It is like your gift, your spiritual gift to share. And all you need to do is to remember what God has done for you. Just uh, include things like, before I knew Christ, I lived and thought this way. And then, this is how I received Christ. This is what happened to bring me to know the Lord. And then, after I received Christ, these are some of the changes, for instance, that took place. Uh, it's, it's, it's really very simple. I'm reminded of the story of the man who was asked by someone if he had ever been saved. And he replied strongly in the affirmative, oh yes. And then when asked how he knew he was saved, he said, because I was there when it happened. Well, we were all there when it happened to us. And one of the most uh, powerful stories and uh, evangelistic methods is our own testimony, our own story. In fact, one testimony can do more, can give more insight, and can be worth more than a thousand arguments. And uh, in, in, in sharing your testimony, all we do is just recount your life before Christ, recall how you came to faith in Christ, and recommend your life in Christ. Um, what difference what difference has been made? What difference has following Jesus made in your life? Well, some of us don't really, it's a, have, we have a hard time putting that into words. But it's, it's simply the fact that how is your thinking and, and living different now? Do you have hope? Do you have hope at times when you look around and see people who don't have hope and you breathe a, a prayer of gratitude and thanks to God that you do have that hope of knowing that you're on your way to heaven regardless of what happens. Does life make sense now? Not that every little part of it we understand fully, but life makes sense as a gift from God. Do you have a daily fellowship with God through the, uh, the word of God, through his son Jesus Christ? Do you feel like when you open scripture that God is speaking to you? And can you feel him when you pray, do you sense his presence? Those, those are gifts that come to you because you are a believer. You know, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. Now think about that. You will be. He did not say your uh, Great schooling, your, your learning, uh, your ability to, to memorize a, a, a pr presentation. He, he said, you will be my witnesses. That means when somebody is looking at you, they see a witness of what Jesus Christ is like. Now, personal stories are easier to relate to than, than principles or outlines, and people love to hear them. They capture our attention and we remember them longer than anything else. Shared stories build a relational bridge that Jesus can walk across from one heart 
to the, to the next one. Another value of your testimony is that it bypasses any uh, defenses and arguments. People who, who won't accept even the authority of the Bible will listen to a personal, humble story. And, and that's why I think on six different occasions in scriptures, we see that, that Paul used his testimony to share the gospel. His testimony. You remember the, the story of the woman at the well? The Samaritan woman? Jesus came to her and, and, and talked to her and, and told her a, a little bit about her past and, and about the fact that uh, he knew. He knew her. And he answered some of her questions. In John uh, chapter 4, uh, this woman had an encounter with Jesus. And she was convinced by him that he is the Lord. He's the Messiah. And so she ran back to the city to tell the others about him. Then she took a, a class and attended a seminar and, and got a stack of tracts to hand out. No, no, she didn't do any of that. No, she just told her story. And the people listened. And the people believed. It's important to know, to know that sharing your personal testimony is something that God can use in your family, in your friends, really with anybody in front of you. You know, when we get the opportunity to talk with people, we need Jesus glasses. We, we, we need uh, something that allows us to see the world around us the way that Jesus does. When we start to notice others with our Jesus glasses on, um, his compassion melts away the coldness in our hearts and our callousness toward others that we kind of build up over time, that's replaced with genuine concern. Uh, in 1 Peter 3.15, we have the verse that says, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. That, that's our injunction. That's our command. Always be ready to give a, a reason for the hope that is within us. Now people may throw, up, throw questions at you. Um, of course, the, now, now the Bible doesn't promise us, remember, a peace that gives understanding. But rather it's a peace that passes understanding. So from, from that, I take it that when we are asked questions, uh, we can, as God's children live on promises and not on explanations. Now, if we know uh, the, the answer to the question from Scripture, then, then give that. But if, if we're kind of caught our, our own, our own uh, devices, just uh, say we lean on the promises of God. And the best thing to counter objections to God is simply to say, let me introduce you to him. When you get to know him, you will have the closeness to him, the welcome into his presence, which will allow you to take your concerns and questions to the Lord. 
You know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunities for people to try to um, deny any gospel presentation. They may come to us with, with questions we can't answer. They may even come to us with objections like why the walls would fall in at the church if I came in. I, I've got sins that I, I, I couldn't even confess them all. I, there's so many. But you know, sins do not keep us out of heaven. Not trusting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord will keep us out of heaven. Our sins point us to our need for the amazing grace, grace of God in Jesus Christ. Sin teaches us repeatedly that we are not perfect and can never be perfect on our own. So let, let sins simply bounce us back toward the amazing grace of God. Um, there's a lot of things that people try to throw at us. But that's the strength of a testimony. Uh, don't be high and mighty about it. Paul knew what Christ had done for him. St. Paul knew that uh, Christ had saved him. In fact, he says to, to Timothy uh, in, in 1 Timothy 1.15, he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now that sounds simple. It sounds very profound though because all of us fall in that same category. We realize we're sinners and even after we're saved we realize that we don't shuck all our sins. Christ came to pull us out of the darkness to make forgiveness possible. Now, now Paul knows that if Anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Oh, so why does Paul say that he can't forget that he's been redeemed and he's been, been made righteous? It's because it's an everyday thing. Can he still say, I'm the chief of sinners? He can indeed. Can he still say, I'm a sinner saved by grace? He can indeed every single day. Now, testimonies are of all types. I was talking uh, to a, a lady from the church uh, at her home. Uh, she's a, a young lady in her early 80s. Uh, she, is, she told me that uh, she was learning how to be content in this world. And I uh, had, had some verses related to contentment. And then uh, I went back a, a couple of weeks later and, and talked to her. And she said, you know, I had that wrong. She said, I, I'm now convinced that I'm not supposed to be content in this world. Um, contentment, she said, has been kind of redefined for me. She says, this world is not my home. I will be content when I get home in heaven. So we learn that the fact that this world is not our home means that we will never be satisfied here. And we will always have to keep giving reasons for the hopes that's, hope that is within us. And there will always be people who will counter and object and, and maybe even laugh or ridicule, or scorn. 
but we are still commanded to be faithful witnesses, to give a reason for the hope that is within us. Um, Susan and I hear our kids' testimony all the time, just in our daily conversations. Sometimes it's very intentional. I remember when our daughter Rebecca uh, was saved at, at uh, an event in February, in fact, uh, several years ago. And she, uh, it was at, a, at an event called FebFest uh, on February 16th. And uh, she came and when she got home from that, she, she kneeled down in front of her mom, in front of Susan, and said, I, I just got saved. Um, it also, she also, that also reminds me of when she had cancer as a young teenager. Rebecca had stage four cancer at one point. Very dangerous. Many months of prayers, surgeries, chemo, and side effects, and then a, a time of recovery. Uh, then Rebecca was asked to give the, the keynote talk at the Relay for Life. Uh, the Relay for Life American Cancer Society event. She spoke to the crowd that was there. She spoke on the top 10 things I learned from having cancer. And she counted them down, 10 to 1. She testified. She testified of the many ways that God used his people and pulled them in and around her to give her the strength that she had when she didn't have any of her own. To give her courage when hers ran low. Rebecca was still growing her hair back when she gave that speech. And one of her top ten, ten things was that hair is overrated anyway. In other words, focus only upon the things that are really important and let the rest go. The top ten things that Rebecca related in her speech counted down and finished with number one. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. He can be trusted no matter what and he will see you through. Rebecca testified. Our son John testifies in his way. John will stand for his faith. He and his friends hold each other to an accountability if someone really needs help, then John will be there and he'll have friends come with him. He is kind of a, a first responder in the Lord's army. He will let you know about his faith. But as the book of James instructs, he will show you his faith by his good works. John testifies. Mary Claire is our, our special testifier. Mary Claire will, will turn up the Vacation Bible School songs and play them at a maximum volume. She testifies to the neighborhood. And, and, and when she feels most happy, most satisfied, most content and productive, she'll sing a song that has no words. It is just sounds of contentment. Again, at maximum volume. Mary Claire also testifies to the goodness of God. Um, last week, Lewis Smith, Pastor Lewis Smith, uh, testified of the, the way the Lord guided him in, in his search for his birth mother. 
Uh, it, it was a testimony of, of God's direction. And, and, and the point is that we are made to connect and to testify each and every day. And we do so. We each one testify. Speak what's on your mind, including what's on the mind of Christ. Be intentional about it. Don't, don't waste a conversation. Uh, l let it point to the Lord. Even if all you can include uh, is a statement that, that God is good. Or, uh, or may the Lord bless you. Uh, let it be known that, that your life centers on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you can have some back and forth testifying, just sharing and talking uh, intentionally step by step. You can say, well, it's, it's a beautiful day today. Look what the day the Lord's made. And somebody will say, well, that's, we're having tough times though. This, this is really rough. You would say, well, you know, God is in control and he's going to have better days ahead for us. And the person may reply, well, I wish he'd hurry. And I, we could then reply, okay, he's already taken care of us in the past. And the Bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And the person may say, yeah, I know that's right. But I'm really just getting tired of it. And then we can reply, I'm with you, brother. It's a good thing that, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because it sure isn't my strength that gets me through. Let a simple conversation be focused. Stay with the theme of majoring on Christ. If people hear from your words that you believe what you say. And, and you can throw in examples of how God has come through for you in your life. And in the lives of your family. Then you are testifying. You are witnessing. Now, have, have handy that two to three minute, this is my story, um, testimony. Uh, keep that handy in your memory. So you can say, listen, let me tell you how God got my attention. Now, that, that, that's a good way to let people know that you have something to really tell them that's worthwhile. And they are, will find it interesting. But let me tell you how God got my attention. Let it be a grateful story, always pointing to Jesus, never majoring on the sins that we left behind, but always majoring on the forgiveness in Christ. You see, you and I, we testify every day with every word we say and actually with every deed we do. So, just tweak our talk. So that we testify to the Lord intentionally, including Jesus. No matter how bad circumstances are, God is good. So say so. No matter how broken the world is, I'm sure glad that this world is not all there is. So say so. Now, don't just make light of tough, <coughs> excuse me, of tough situations. Instead, just let the light of Christ 
shine on those situations through you. The Holy Spirit leans into every encounter or every encounter we have or every encounter that we could have. The Holy Spirit leans in and whispers, Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Just testify. Tell your story of what Jesus Christ has done for you. It's worth the effort. It's worth the risk of rejection. Because to Jesus Christ, we were worth the sacrifice. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear God, when we think about it, we realize that you have done everything for us. Every good and perfect gift comes from thy hand. Our greatest need was to be reconciled to you. You are holy. We are sinful. We could not come before you unless, unless you made a way. Thank you that you sent your son to be the way. You tell us, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Lord, we declare that we believe. We believe and we know that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. We believe that, that all our sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven by the sacrifice of thy Son. And believing, we proclaim Jesus Christ, Lord of our lives. Your resurrected, risen Son, dear God, is now our reigning King. So transform us into those disciples who tell it in our daily talk and show it in our daily walk. Let us be followers of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord, by pointing to, to him, pointing to you, and reflecting the light of your love. Help us to testify, dear God, to thy goodness and to the saving power of Jesus Christ. Open our mouths with thy praise. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, and our reigning King, we pray. Amen.